Tony and Lloyd Romeo join us now, and this is the story of Amelia Earhart and the possibility that these two know where that aircraft is. Tony, can I start with you and maybe, I mean, people are so familiar because it's one of those oft-told stories, but there could be an awful lot of people listening who don't know the Amelia Earhart story. So set us up here. Sure, yep. So I, I want to give a, a special recognition to Toronto because Amelia Earhart, her life, or kind of her early adult life started in Toronto. She was uh, she was there as a nurse during uh, World War One, so it's a neat little connection with with uh, with Canada and, and to the city of Toronto, and it really kind of was very formative for her as she uh, was kind of getting uh, leaving home and, and starting her young adulthood. Her flight started in May of 1937. She was attempting to fly around the world, um, and she made it all the way to Papua New Guinea, where she embarked on her last second to last leg to Howland Island. And um, she never made it there. And um, she made uh, a series of radio calls on her way to that island. Um, and the last one that she ever made uh, was she said, I'm on the line 157-337, flying north and south, wait. And that was the word wait was the last time we would ever hear from Amelia Earhart. Uh, the world would hear her voice. 87 years later, people are still searching for her. And those numbers, that was like a geographic designation or what? No, it was a bearing, so north okay. and south. So she was saying, I'm, I'm, uh, it was a sun line that she that was drawn a reference through Howland Island. Uh, and so she was flying north and south on this line looking for the island, her destination. Lloyd, for the two of you, what is the abiding? I mean, I realize lots of people are fascinated with Amelia Earhart, but not everybody is dedicating their time and money to trying to find her plane. So where does this preoccupation come from? Well... We, uh, my father, our father was a uh, pilot for Pan Am, and so we've always been something of an aviation-oriented family. And uh, there's always been a fascination with, you know, flying and airplanes and the mechanics and everything that have to do with them. Before her time, Amelia was kind of the rock star of, you know, you know the time, and she uh, really. Uh, uh, you know, she really uh, had that pioneering aviation spirit. And, uh, you know, we just always admired that. So, Tony, tell us what you have discovered, because you haven't actually been down to the bottom of the ocean yet, but you seem to have captured images of what looks like it could be her plane. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we feel really good about what we found. There's three things about the the image that convinced us that this is uh, uh, worth reinspection. One is the tail the twin vertical stabilizers that you see in the image. This was imaged on a very flat, sandy bottom. So to see anything protruding up would be um, highly unusual. And then three, the dimensions of the plane uh, fit very closely to Amelia's aircraft. And Lloyd, it seems there's been some pushback in the aviation and science community and whatever other communities, the, the Amelia Earhart mystery community. Uh, a lot of people are picking fights with you guys about whether or not you've actually found the plane. Yeah, and, uh, you know, a lot of that's healthy. Uh, you know, I think uh, there's always room for skept uh, skepticism, and I uh, I uh, appreciate that. And uh, we're open to the debate. We want to hear what they have to say. Tony, if I understand the story correctly, you actually sold the company that you had in order to finance all of this. That's that's quite the commitment. This was a business. Um, I sold real estate to start a deep sea exploration company. So, you know, they've reported that we spent $11 million on the search. Well, we really didn't spend $11 million on the search. The search itself was really only about $2 million. The equipment that we bought was about $9 million. Um, and, you know, immediately when we finished the Amelia search, we went to another aircraft, lost aircraft search. We got hired by another company. And then uh, we're on a long-term project we got hired for in Australia that we're working on right now. So for me, this is a business. So, you know, I, I really appreciate you saying that. 
there's a the, the whole strategy was different from what other folks in the past have done where they go and they lease the equipment in 45 days they're done everyone goes home and now we're raising money for the next project for me this was yes a fascination in Amelia Earhart but also a business I'm an I'm an entrepreneur and this was an investment in a business and you know it was you know we we the Amelia was a, a nice kickoff to the business but I'm running like the next call I'm on right now is for a uh, project in Australia that we're on. So, um, you know, hopefully we get to tackle other stuff. If MH370 is out there in a few years, we'll go after that one. If, um, you know, the Bermuda Triangle has got some interesting missing aircraft. So there are these fun projects we can work into the uh, into the equation. But this is this is a business for me. This wasn't just uh, spend $11 million and go home. OK, well, let me ask you, Tony, how you found what it is you found, because we still haven't confirmed it yet. But I mean, was it a grid search or did you have a general idea? Yeah, we had sectors uh, laid out, um, and then we assigned probabilities to those sectors, and then we assigned difficulty levels based on uh, the terrain. The, it was always a mathematical sort of uh, strategy. We wanted to tackle the most, the easiest, equal probability areas first. In other words, clear as much area as we could first, and then we tackle the harder but still equal probabilities areas at the end. Lloyd, how will you go about confirming? whether or not it's Amelia Earhart's plane. Well, it, it means another trip out there. And what we need to do is get to the location. We need to send the AUV down there and get some really good uh, high-resolution photos of the target. And is this an unmanned submarine? If I could add one thing to what Lloyd said, I think the, the right equipment for the next one is an ROV, and we, we don't have that. We didn't have that on the boat. And so camera, obviously, is the big one. Um, an ROV helps us manipulate objects that are down there, see if the plane is fragile or structurally still sound. Okay, and, you know, understandably, with what happened quite recently, uh, I guess a lot of people would be rather reluctant to have a, a live crew go down there. Yeah, I don't think, uh, yeah, if I can take that one, I, you know, the Titan, yeah, the Ocean Gate stuff really <laughs> left sort of uh, industry wide. There was some problems with that, you know, with with that design on the on the Titan vessel. Um, there are submersibles that are safe that do go down to 6000 meters that have done dozens and dozens of dives. You know, I, but I don't know if we you know, I don't know if that's the interest here in turning this into a tourist site. We're interested in, in bringing the aircraft up if it's possible. But um, I, I, other than maybe a trip down for producing an IMAX or some for uh, photographic reasons, I'm not sure that that's, you know, something we were we've ever really considered anyways. Well, and Lloyd, that was going to be my next question. Uh, if you were going to leave the plane where it is, bring parts of it up, bring all of it up, what is the intention? You know, that's a good question. And uh, I think almost everybody you've talked to and uh, everybody on the team included has always felt that the ultimately the airplane belongs in the Smithsonian, if that's possible. And we don't know that yet, but uh, certainly it's a national treasure. It's a tribute to uh, Amelia Earhart and her navigator, Fred Noonan. Uh, like I said, aviation pioneers, uh, you know, that you should uh, you know, deserve a lot of respect. Is there any surviving family or descendants of Amelia Earhart? And let's not forget, uh, there was another fellow on that plane. Yeah, Fred Newton. Yeah, the, the uh, uh, there is. Uh, so Amelia did not have any children. And as far as we know, Fred did not either. But uh, Amelia had uh, a sister who had some children and their grandchildren are actually uh, still alive. And we contacted them while we were out on the expedition and we've invited them to join us on the confirmation mission. So uh, we want them to be there when uh, when the plane is actually photographed and seen for the first time. 
And I have to wonder, Tony, if it is Amelia Earhart's plane, that's going to be an incredible moment. I mean, there'll be the elation from seeing this artifact, but also the understanding that she died and that's the, the plane she died in. Yeah, no, it'll be a sobering moment for sure. I mean, she is America's favorite missing person, and our goal is to bring her home. Guys, thank you. Good luck. Thank well, you. Well, thank you for having us.